Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. I'm worried about my husband and his addiction to purchasing Hawaiian shirts, but specifically pineapple-based Hawaiian shirts. I've purchased the same t-shirt in six different colors. That's because you're a homosexual. Well, I like the way that it fits. I've never liked anything enough to purchase it in multiple colors. I know someone that would buy her blouse, blouses, the same one in like six different colors. No. And I'm like, no. so you bought a shitty blouse six times Six over. times. Were they expensive? I didn't ask. I can only imagine that the answer is no. Oh, good. Oh, express. You ever walk into an express and then no. turn around and walk right the back, <laughs> right back the fuck out? I walked into an express the other day and I literally went, no, as soon as I walked in and I turned around. It's not, um, it's not me anymore. I went to I tried. purchase jeans because I really need another pair of jeans in my closet. And um, I was asking them for like my size. And they're like, uh, sir, I think, yeah, I'll find your, but you know that there's like tears in them, right? And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm looking right at them. Yeah. I'm I, like, I, that- see what, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Like I'm too old to be wearing these fucking jeans. You're not hip enough to be here. I wish at that point you went tears and looked down at them and went, why I never, and I'll never shop here again. And then just throw the jeans across the store. <laughs> That'll show you. Perchance, did you read about um, Faye Dunaway being fired from the show? Did I? I sent that article out to 20 people I know because I worked with that playwright, you know. But please note that if you see the picture of Faye Dunaway in any newspaper, (laughs) the first thing that I notice is her giant new teeth. I don't know who is telling people, like, that looks great. Why are people capping their teeth all the time now? Why does it look like... Like a picket fence. Like, why is it so? They're so big, they don't fit their face. Whitney Houston had them done before. Um, it's like the Luxor. You can see it from space. Yeah. They're, and they have a hard so... time, like, getting their mouth. Like, their mouth now looks completely weird. Yeah. And did you read the article where Faye Dunaway was trying to pluck the gray hairs out of her wig because she didn't want to look older? Oh, uh, it was so or John Catherine Crawford. Hepburn. Yeah. In she's her play, later years. She's playing Catherine Hepburn in a turtleneck. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? I just want to be in this industry long enough to have earned the right to be crazy. When I was a kid and I wanted nothing more than to live in Hollywood, I wanted to live in California. And we went to Universal Studios Hollywood when I was when I was like 10 years old. And they had a section which was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And you could ride the bee on a green screen, and then you get like a video afterwards, which of course you can buy on VHS type tape, which is like somewhere in my parents' house right now, which, oh, I can't wait until I find this thing. So there was video of me riding the bee in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and they put the background in and everything. And I took it so seriously. I was like, this is it. I'm going to be discovered on this ride. Yeah, I really was like, this is my screen test. Somebody is going to be in this audience and they're going to hear me. They're going to see me and they're going to be like, put that girl in the flickers. I want to know more about that girl on top of that bee. <laughs> and did that happen? Speaking of I'm Hollywood, still waiting. Tell Patrick the story about your bird. Oh, when I was little, I was obsessed with it. I was little and I had a, a bird named Pee Wee. He was a little, just a little yellow and green bird. And oh, I don't know how my parents had a bird in that house for the record. Nobody really enjoys having a bird inside the house. Was it in a cage? It was, of course, but it smelled funky. But every now and then we let it fly around the house, which I don't know why. So my grandmother came over to babysit one day and she thought that Pee Wee looked like he needed some air. So she put him in the cage outside and it happened that hurricane force winds were kicking up that day. Cage knocked over, opened up the door, Pee-wee flew away. And my mother had to tell me the devastating news that Pee-wee was gone. And she told me, and I think I cried for a solid week that Pee-wee flew away. 
So I was devastated. And like a week later, we're watching TV and a bird that looked exactly like Pee Wee came on the TV. And my mother said, look, it's Pee Wee. He flew to Hollywood to become an actor. (laughs) And I was so happy. He He was living the dream. And ever since that point, I have been trying to get back out to California to work with Pee Wee. He's dead. He's dead. Why are you terrible to me? He's dead now. Oh, this is another. (laughs) Speaking of being discovered, I have to find this and play this for him. Do you know where it is? Gimp goes. What? The Gimp. You have it? And the Gimp goes on. On like your thing? Oh, my God. Well, when I said, honey, I shrunk the kids, it reminds me. And I was always obsessed with being discovered, and I'm still waiting. Now I'm going to be discovered in the pod community, Right? Right? Me and Pee-wee? Pee-wee will have a more successful podcast, right, God? Probably not, because he's dead. Why are you terrible to me? Was that you or me? Well, it's certainly not me. Oh, look, the whole United States is calling me. Oh. Just keep it vague. Okay. So, there was a place in New Hampshire called Canopy Lake Park. What? Yes. It was a smaller, crappier Six Flags. Like uh, Santa's Village? No, not far from that. But Santa's Village had a theme. Like Canopy Lake Park was just a theme park. Uh-huh. What was the theme? Canopy Lake. <laughs> it was a theme of Canopy Lake. That's all. They're like, well, it's near a lake. It's called Canopy Lake. It's fine. It's a park. And it was always like, I was so excited to go there every summer. Because of the rides, yes. But more because they had a karaoke hut. I don't know what you call You know how you can like sing along with your favorite songs and then they put your voice over the karaoke track. Yes, I do. And it's then you get that to I keep the tapes. I never wanted to do and I always thought it was stupid when I saw someone do it. Well, I am the opposite of you. I was that stupid girl who loved doing these things. You still are that stupid girl. I'm always that stupid girl. You're a dumb, dumb girl. You're a stupid singing karaoke, bee riding, <laughs> hopeful, ambitious child. In who wanted world, to be discovered. There's one girl who rides a bee. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is the bee rider. Oh, she got the role. Damn it. Erin McGuire as Nurse Seven. <laughs> I would give anything to be Nurse Seven in a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. Anything. Just Wet to be towel. me and Jello. Jello. So, Canopy Lake had a karaoke uh uh, like store, booth? basically. Booth, that's the booth. word I'm looking at. A sound booth. Sound booth. A booth. Booth. This, so you could sing. That's what it sound like if Faye Dunaway set up with her new fucking teeth. Booth. This is a sound booth. Anyway. The salad is limp. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Whatever she said before she threw it at somebody. <laughs> so Canopy Lake Park. I go every year. You go to the karaoke booth. And you, you pick your song and you sing it. And then afterwards, they play it out onto the little fake streets of Canopy Lake Park, you know. Mm. And there's little benches in front so you can sit and you can hear the product afterwards. Sure. And I took it very seriously and I would go and sing it. And then I would sit in front of the booth hoping to be discovered while my song played behind me. And my face was very serious. It was like, okay, just be cool. Someone's going to hear Wind Beneath My Wings, and they are going to sign you to a Sony contract. No one gets signed by singing that. In New Hampshire. In rural New Hampshire. At a theme park. Someone's going to discover me. So we yeah, recently- maybe a kidnapper. Well, yeah. And if only I had a shirt that had my name on it, I oh. would have made it so much easier. So right. we discovered the files not too long ago. Oh, God. And we digitized oh, them. This would- this. If someone, if I ever did this and someone surprised me with it, I will have filled up my pants. Well, I after breaking I, out and just I have a whole album. I didn't realize how many of these I did. So I have, um, and you tell me what you want to hear. What mm-hmm. I did for love, silence, straight up, wind beneath my wings. Oh, Nothing's gonna stop us now. Ooh. Or walk like an Egyptian. Where my vibrato is something to behold. So what do you think? Was walk like an Egyptian. Although what I did for love. Oh, I actually favor what I did for love. So so let me just. Well, it would tie into our our last 
<laughs> our last fun. our last rant. Oh no, two two episodes ago. Let me see. Oh god. This is you. Yeah, I'm awesome. Wish me luck the same to you. Kind of. How old are you? This was last year. <laughs> what did you do for love at that age? What didn't I do? Oh. 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 Ooh. <laughs> Magical. Yeah. Now just picture me. I'm sitting on a bench outside the karaoke booth, being like, here's my moment. It's really slow. Closer. <laughs> Things are going to get intense. Get ready. Oh. You feel it? You feel the emotion building? Build it, build it. Oh, that's kind of good. That's kind of okay. Oh my God, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. So, so there you go. That's a little. Is, can you imagine if someone from like, say, just someone, in the background, it's just playing in the background. Really. If someone from like the like the original cast was walking past and looking at you, listening to yourself, and like, what, what is happening? Why is someone singing a third under? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like if, when you watch like a little kid sing Private Dancer. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You shouldn't be singing that. You don't even know. My friend Bridget, they all sang um, Africa by Toto in their chorus when they were in fourth grade. So picture a bunch of fourth graders being like, I bless the rains down in Africa. Gonna take time to do the things we never did. Wouldn't you wet your pants if you were in the audience? So good. Uh, We had to pick a song for graduation in eighth grade. And I think we ended up with Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time, which, of course. Well, that's inspirational. Right, but no one can fucking hit that. Like, it's like Whitney and Christina Aguilera can sing that song. (laughs) But there was a choice between that and some kind of like Luther Vandross song. (laughs) And it was like this very like sexy, like, you know, making love Luther Vandross song. I'm like, (laughs) and even then I was like, you know what? I really, I think this is probably a bad idea. The Luther Vandross song? Why? Like, these were the options. My endless love. My sister had, um, when she graduated from high school, I remember that they sang Rod Stewart's Forever Young. Ew, that's kind of creepy. Not really. Forever? I don't know, I guess. Okay, I'll give you a pass on that. I guess our options were limited in the 80s as to, like, songs that kids could sing in chorus. Well, we were just singing at the end of our graduation. Like, none of us took any kind of class or anything. We We just like, hey, let's have these kids who don't have an art program suddenly sing to their (laughs) fucking parents. But I like the chorus kids being like, I hear the drums echoing tonight, but she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. Hey, welcome to Dear Pod. Hey. Hi, I'm your host, founding father, Benjamin Franklin. And I'm Bonnie Franklin. <gasps> and we're coming to you from the Maha'a Lounge and the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Oh. oh. Ah! <laughs> you like me. You really like me. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy for letting me afford caps for my teeth. Wow, that was I was not expecting that. No. That scared the that scared the tar out of me. Well, we're bringing you wisdom from old broads this week. Every week we look back at vintage write-in advice columns to see we if the wisdom really still do. holds up, don't we? We also take a whack at giving you some advice ourselves. So, do you need advice? 
Do you have a question that's just burning? Ooh. Do you feel a burning in your pants? Uh, There's a cream for that, and that cream is our email address. Yeah. So email us, questions at dearpodofficial.com. That is the whole email address. It is called questions at dearpodofficial.com. And then see a doctor. Mm. Maybe. Because I can't solve that burning. I may have given it we to you, may- but I can't solve it. <laughs> but I can't fix it, and I'm not responsible for it, you know? It's not my fault. Nope, nope. I was nowhere nearer. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, so I think we've had some people who have had bounce backs on the email, but give it a whirl. It might take a couple shots. Questions at dearpodofficial.com. If for some reason it bounces back, we still have dearpodofficial at gmail.com. But we want your questions nonetheless. And of course, as always, you can reach out to us on social media. Reach out, touch us, give us something that makes us burn. That's disgusting. At Dear Pod Official, across the board, your, your Instagram, your, your tweeters, I refuse to do Snapchat. I'm working on getting us a Facebook page, but aren't we, aren't we done with Facebook now? No. Can we just be done? No. Oh, I'm getting exhausted. It's so hard to keep up with all this social media these oh. days. So today, our theme again is grab bag part deux. We enjoyed it so much I'd last week. I'd love to week. grab your bag. Please, my bags are here for you to grab. No, they're not. They've been gone a long time. My fun bags haven't even come All in right. yet. That's oh, disgusting. slappies. Oh, oh, pancakes. So, um, yeah, so we're going to we're going to break down a couple of advice columns. They're just going to be um, carte blanche this week. Carte blanche. And then we're going to do a couple listener mails and then we're going to give you a little grab bag cocktail. Does that sound lovely? I also have a surprise <gasps> in my pants. Yes. I love this Mad Lib. I'm a eunuch. I have a surprise, <laughs> but we'll, oh, we'll do that later. You excite me already just thinking. Oh. Were you, did you ride the bee in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? N- no, but I was about to slap a bee on the train. <laughs> You're always, welcome to New Jersey Transit. I feel like you officially live out here now. This is the first time someone has begged for change. I'm like, how did you get down the stairs and on this car? Well, there's one specific guy who I've seen beg, and he always has the same line, and it's, he needs $2.70. He just got out of Bellevue, mm, and I see him guy. walking up and down, but the money has been changing uh, mm. with the years, and I think that's for inflation. Mm. I told him what I do. What do you do? That's oh, Jim takes notes whenever he sees the guy so that he can hear the money go up so that we can know probably how much our taxes are. I love that so much. This is we just keep notes on the people that we hear we see busking. But I did see a woman run him off the train once and it was so delicious. She was like, <laughs> she just stood up and she was like, I hear you here every day. You're not out of Bellevue. Get off this train. It was so I, I wanted to applaud. When people rebel in a moment like that on the train, the moment that you want you to have for yourself mm-hmm. and you see somebody snap and say everything you've been thinking, those are the American heroes. If you're on that stupid subway system mm-hmm. that possibly works one out of five times mm-hmm. the way that it should, and then you get on there and there's someone who's defecated in the car Someone that's begging for change, someone that's trying to sell you a sandwich, you're trying to sell you some gummies. You're trying, it's like, I just want to get the fuck home. I just want to so get from point up. A to point B without you being in my face. But even when you're not on the train now, there is traffic everywhere. I dropped the littles off at their daycare today at Barker Lounge, which is the most fantastic puppy daycare ever. But just driving. What should have been like a 15-minute drive turned into a 40-minute drive. There's too many people in this world right now, and they're all on the roads. But you're in a car. Yeah, but still, I still have rage. I've got a lot of rage. And I'm. this is a nerdy thing to say. Did you see Avengers? Oh, God, of I course mean, you didn't. No, well, there is a character named Thanos, and he snaps his fingers, and half the people in the world turn to dust. And some days, I feel like he's got <laughs> the right idea. But I get to pick the people that turn to dust. Uh, God damn it! Snap. Hey, you want to do some articles? Oh, I want to do it so bad. I'm going to I'm going to let you go first this week because my oh, second article so happens to kind of work well with a listener mail issue that we came up mm. against. So, uh tee us up, mm. will you? I right. want you to do this. I I want get on that beat. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for daddy. 
What? Uh. Um, okay. This is from the Journal Gazette in Mattoon, Illinois, December 20th, 1977. Mattoon! Mattoon! Ma- <clears throat> Dear Abby, my husband is a minister. He does everything on a scheduled basis, and I mean everything. Uh-oh. All, all caps. <gasps> Sunday night is our night for lovemaking. Ew, why I'm- do you pick? Well, oh, stop, stop. You keep <laughs> picking articles that have these words in them. And I just, I just want to just stage a quick intervention and say, please use some decorum with the LM or ML word combination. You are doing this on purpose to piss me off. Carry on. First of all, you interrupted me. And the next time you do that, I will rip your eyelids off. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, at least prep at- for it. Dear Abby, my husband is a minister and does everything on a scheduled basis, and I mean everything. Sunday night is our lovemaking night. (laughs) I am not complaining because I enjoy it as much as he does. But, Abby, he is big and strong and very physical. He's not rough or abusive, but he's very affectionate and puts a lot of enthusiasm in everything he does. (laughs) To get to the point, on Monday morning, I am exhausted, and that's the day I do my wash. Uh, Any suggestions? Signed, tired on Monday. <laughs> I don't know what this is making me laugh so hard. I just thought of hamburger meat. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Dear tired, yes, wash on Tuesday. <laughs> that's all she said. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. All. Oh my this god! This is when she was thinking, her answers were very like simple. Yeah. Here's a couple <laughs> things. Couple things that are right off the bat. My husband's in a minister. My husband is a minister. He does everything on a schedule. He's a minister who probably does something. Probably has a service on Sunday, and that's the night that they fuck. Yeah, because oh, he just got off like a real great. He's like Jesus is in me, <laughs> and he's going to be in my husband. Be in you. <laughs> that he homily is, turns him on. Hey, whatever floats your boat. He is Abby. He is big and strong and very physical. Okay. What is that? Just that he just keeps doing it over. Like he's got a ten-inch dick, and he like <laughs> he just keeps going sl- at yeah, it. Makes her jump rope with it. Oh. I'm going to put my psalm in you. So if they have like a menage a trois with another man, she can double dutch with two dicks. <laughs> oh my God. She just looks for an opening. Yeah, like, oh, it's that oh, pivot oh, like oh, right, oh, left, oh, right, oh, left, oh, right, oh. left, left, in. Uh, 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 now when she says wash, does she mean like laundry or does she mean her? Her vagina. Okay, good. I only wash my vagina on Mondays. Well, after a pounding, I think you'd have to. I mean, I don't know. When do you wash your vagina? Well, every Tuesday and Thursday, I like to clean out those roast beef curtains just to keep things on the up and up. That's disgusting. (laughs) I don't know why this one's making me laugh so hard. He's a minister, first of all. (laughs) On Monday morning, I am exhausted. As a member of the clergy. How long are they doing it? 10 minutes? Well, you got to think what? 11 Service is done. Service is done. Now it's time for cervix. Service is probably done by what? Noon? Right. Gets home so amped, like he delivered a great, oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what are the terms for like when you when you do it, like there's the homily, the- Gospel. Gospel. Yeah. Those that he gets, maybe that's how he gets turned on. There's so much power. Yeah. Standing up in front of a congregation, delivering your word. And then he gets all amped and he has to get it out of his system somehow. So probably from like one in the afternoon until, you know, until wash time. I feel like you wanted to do grab bag because you found that article and you built a whole episode around it. Like when I actually am looking for something, I can never find it. And then I'm always finding these like. Always. I'm like, oh, well, this is better. And then like tomorrow I'll find something for babies that was fucking perfect. I'm like, always. We're just a day late and a dollar short. Aren't we? And f- no almond milk in our coffee. God damn it. Have we explored your uh, vagina wash? I think that we've explored that enough. I think she said everything she needed to He's say. He's very affectionate and very big. 
<laughs> He's hung like a bison and I can't walk until Wednesday. <laughs> Carry on. This is from the Paducah Sun in Paducah, Kentucky. Oh, December 24th, 1984. Dear Ann Landers, I'm 40 years old and haven't worked in a long time. During the last 18 months, I have been interviewed by several people in hospitals and retail stores, but no one would hire me. The store I would love to work in has three of my applications. Several days ago, I became desperate and wrote a letter to the manager. I told him I wanted to be a security guard. I explained that I had seen many people shoplift merchandise and knew all the tricks of the trade. In the letter, I explained that I would shoplift in his store for a week, and after seven days, I would come to his office with the merchandise and tell him how I had done it. I felt my know-how would be worth a lot to him. When I received no response to my letter, I decided to go ahead with my plan. I began slipping several small objects from the notions department into my pockets and up my sleeves. I then walked outside to put all the stuff in my tote bag. The minute I got outside, a security guard grabbed me and said, we're going to the manager's office. I explained about the letter I had written, but he didn't believe me. The manager was not in his office and his secretary didn't know anything about it. I was so ashamed, I tried to strangle myself with a telephone cord, but the security guard stopped me. The manager then appeared, and I told him I was desperate for a job. He very nicely said that the matter would be dropped, but asked that I shop elsewhere in the future. I am writing you in case anyone out there has the same idea. I want to let them know it doesn't work. Thank you. Lucky to be free. <laughs> what was her response? Dear Lucky, you sound as if you could use some counseling. Contact the Family Service Association. You might also discuss this matter with your doctor and ask if he knows of an agency that can help you. Anne? <laughs> Sounds like a phony letter. I don't know, because I love the idea of him feeling like he was up against a wall and he tried to strangle himself with a telephone cord in the manager's office around everybody. You think this is a fake letter? Yeah. I read. <gasps> I, you cry shenanigans on this one? Yeah. I've, I read something where um, someone wrote into Abby. And she's like, this sounds like phony baloney to me. But you think that but Anne wouldn't fall it. for it? I don't know. Maybe she. But if Abby called her, called them on their crap. Mm -hmm. She did it in a public forum she to say, did. I'm printing your letter and I'm I'm crying bullshit on yeah. this one. That's basically did it seem as ridiculous as this? Yeah, just about. It was, it was. <clears throat> you know what? This is the Winona Ryder way of getting a job. Shoplift and then see if you gain employment. Do you really think Winona Ryder needed to shoplift to get a job? She just needed to shop. Look, look at her now. Stranger Things. A few years after the shoplifting. Then she did Mr. Deeds after the shoplift. Oh, well, that was her punishment. I think that that was, um, yeah, that, that was court mandated. What? Mm. Mr. Deeds? Imagine that you get arrested for shoplifting and they were like, I sentence you to 36 hours of community service and a film with Adam Sandler. I mean, at this point, I would. Punishment. I would do anything. <laughs> <laughs> to be in Mr. Deeds. Uh, so so you cry shenanigans and you I don't want to discuss it any further? I cry Who, first of all, how, how did you plan on killing yourself in a room of other with other people with, with a, a telephone, telephone cord? cord? Like, bravo for the attempt. Well, I don't think that he thought it out. If you felt like you were what up he, against what the he, wall. What he was, he's standing there in the office and he just grabs it with both hands. And he's like, I'm going to do it. You can't really <laughs> hang yourself with both of your hands doing it. I'm assuming. We couldn't do that now with cordless get up, phones. Get up and try to kill yourself with your telephone cord. And, and not in front of anybody else. No, just right here. Jim and I will watch. Did the, oh, do we, do, we, yeah. do we have a telephone cord? Just, you know, one, just use the cord on, on the mic. All right, here we go. All right, now get up. All right. No, just. Okay. Kill yourself. If you Gen do it, then, you know, my bad. Oh, it's so soft, though. Yeah. No, keep going. No, no, I'm trying. No. No, no nothing? I can, no, your voice is, like, I don't feel like you're committed. Kiss today. Goodbye. That'll do it. That'll, 
Do Keep going. The sweetness and the sorrow. Why don't we do this in the tub? And I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw the mic and a toaster. <laughs> You're singing here. I need you here. I need you up here. You're down here. <laughs> All right. So that's that's pretty much. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanna. I do like the idea, though, that he's like, I know a way to get a job as a security guard is to show them all the ways that people are swiping crap from their stores. Yeah. I just needed a job. Look how clever I am. I used to work at the Sharper Image. Ah! People used to shoplift from there all the time. How? Things were huge and very electric. (laughs) It's electric. No, it was like the, the tiny, like, air diffusers with, like, the sound machines. Remember they had... They were like really big. On the- I don't remember anything small at the Sharper Image. Like the, it, it was like a high-end Spencer Gifts. It was crap. Always. Always crap. Like the LED lights mm-hmm. that, that were like, they looked like a fan. Or like the keychain where it, like, it chirped different sounds or it lit up or like the VHS rewinder. Uh, well, I got a karaoke machine as a gift from Sharper Image. What's wrong with me and doing karaoke? <laughs> real, it's a real addiction. Kiss today, goodbye. goodbye. That karaoke machine came in handy the during a really awkward Christmas Eve at our summer. house. By the way, oh god, that um, it was not going well. Our Christmas Eve party was not hopping, and my mother turned to me and she says, "I got to liven this party up." And she brings down the karaoke machine, and it had a Patsy Cline tape in it. And then she turned it up all the way, turned the volume up and the echo up all the way. So picture like six adults sitting in a room looking bland and my mother two feet away from them going, I fall to pieces. And then she put it in front of my aunt's face and she goes, to pieces, take it away, Jackie. She puts it in front of my aunt's mouth and she goes, eat shit, it, 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 it. And then the cat came in and puked. Oh, it was such a good Christmas. So did you have to sing too? No, I just sat back and watched the fun on that one. Oh. I didn't want to out outshadow her with my oh, it, kiss today. Your, <laughs> Goodbye. Your story kind of sounded like Reba McIntyre's fancy, where like your mom would dress you up in like a, a nice fancy red dress. And dance for grandma? Yeah. No. And then just fuck your way through the party. Oh, that did not happen at our Christmas party. So <laughs> I don't know what Christmas parties you've been to. Well, it's the it's the story of Fancy. Oh, she might have been yeah. born just plain white trash, yeah, but Fancy, fancy. was her name. I don't know what the hell happened in Chicago when you were growing up, but in We didn't have a Fancy. In very conservative and Irish very. Catholic Boston, we didn't even look at each other sideways. Mm. Mhm. Oh. Your mom let you sing Kiss Today Goodbye. The sweetness and the, the sorrow. sorrow. I did what I had to do. Father Tom, don't regret, <laughs> can't forget. What I did to get out of Sunday school. <laughs> Look, I had range, literally. I went yeah. through the entire octave in one one note. No, we heard it. I know. It. We don't need to hear it again. Well, give me another. I'm drinking. Give me another article. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pepper something in real quick. <gasps> Is this a surprise? It's a confidential, <gasps> which I found, which I love when there's a good confidential. Don't know if we can actually make an entire episode of it so again. Confidential to R in Saint Paul. You must be kidding. It is highly improper for Sue and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's mother to sleep in the same bed. <laughs> I don't care who sleeps in the middle. Oh, who's Sue? <laughs> Curly Sue? I I love her. Sue, her boyfriend, and his mother. His mother. Hey, that's um. I wouldn't sleep in a bed with Jim's mom. What if you wake up with morning wood and you're actually spooning your mom and not your girlfriend? I think it's done on purpose. Uh-huh. I think then you've already. I think you've already gone there. And then the, I, I mean, the only other option is the girlfriend's in the middle, but that's weird because then your girlfriend is spooning your mom. Any way you cut it, what was the scenario that the three of them found themselves in bed? Is this just a regular practice? I have more questions than answers, hence the confidential. Yeah, you must be kidding. There's too many holes in this story. Literally. Ah! What the? Ah! Okay, so here's my actual story. All right. 
The Pantograph, Bloomington, Illinois, December 31st. Here it is again, the Pantograph. Pantograph. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Okay, go ahead. December 31st, 1970. Mm-hmm. Dear Abby, a while back, a grown man wrote in saying he'd like to chew on rubber objects as it relaxed him. Then someone caught him chewing on a rubber duck and he was embarrassed. Well, tell him not to be ashamed, as my husband is the best in the world and he has a similar peculiarity. When our daughter was a baby, I found her pacifier in our bed. I thought it had dropped out of her mouth while she was in her bed, but later I found out found the pacifier in the drawer of her nightstand. I couldn't for the life of me figure out how it got there. Then one morning I woke up early and saw my husband sound asleep with the pacifier in his mouth. We had a good laugh over it. And that evening when I fixed the baby's bottle, I jokingly asked him if he wanted a bottle too. (laughs) He said yes, so I fixed him one. (laughs) He loved it, so I kept fixing him a bottle right along with her. I took the baby off the bottle when she was 14 months old, but my husband still has one every night, and he is 37. No. Please don't use our names, as my husband is well known here. He works on the space program. Thank you. Signed, happy wife. Neil Armstrong? (laughs) So now anyone just really has to like look around and be like, oh, Steve, didn't you just have a baby? Oh, you did, right? Why is Buzz Aldrin requesting nipples (laughs) on his flight to the moon? (laughs) So she responds with, dear wife, give my regards to your husband. He is out of this world and so are you. You didn't. Ad- That's it. That's yeah. all she said. You did not address any of the major issues here. But I did find the article that the woman was talking about. The original article, mm-hmm. which was what? Men that likes the to- men that likes to chew right. the r- erasers. Right. So he normally chews on a pencil eraser, and um, he was at his boss's party, and he has like social anxiety, and he forgot his pencil, so he. Went to the bathroom and he found their child's rubber ducky. So instead of chewing it in the bathroom, he decided to go into the linen closet (laughs) and the doors opened and there was his boss and told him to put the duck down and he said he couldn't. And then he was thrown out and he was eventually fired. And that's when Abby was like, I call BS on this. And then. So she feels like that's not a real story. This seems like a real story. And really fucked up. So he's, I like that my first thing that I sort of latch onto is that he works for the space program. And I'm concerned with with a man who is working for NASA needing a nipple just to calm him down. Maybe it's, I mean, it's better than meth. Well, they didn't have meth back then. I'm sure they had something. They had something, but it was, yeah, more of a quaalude time. I mean. Wow. What harm is it other than- Is he I mean, breastfeeding? Did you ever watch those Jerry Springer episodes where the guys would dress up as babies? Oh, like yes. And, yeah. Everybody's got a kink. Um, a friend of mine used to be a sub to a dom uh-huh. in at like a really bougie uh, dungeon, sex dungeon in New York, which by the way, was apparently the cleanest place in all of the city. Like you could eat off the floor because people literally did. Because you had to. You had to eat each other off the floor. But- mm. People would come to her for all sorts of weird, different quirks. And one of the guys that was a regular there, and we're talking like CEOs, high-end people, he would go to her just to have her pop balloons in front of him. Just popping balloons. He would pay a lot of money. We are all in the wrong business if we are not working in a sex dungeon popping balloons for an hour. And that was all. She just popped balloons. I I don't know why I, I do the job that I do. We're all assholes. All. I mean, she doesn't really have, even have to have sex with someone. She just pops balloons. I could probably just like tie my shoe. I could do that in a second. I'd have no problem with that. If you ask me to do something else, then it's going to get kinky and weird. I mean, someone would pay me to rub my feet instead of me doing it. Now that's way. where I draw the line. That's fucking fantastic. Nobody looks at, I don't understand a foot fetish to save my life. Why you would want to put your face, your mouth, your anything near somebody's disgusting cloven hooves is beyond me. I don't get the kink. Well, 
That's too bad. I'd rather pop balloons. I am not into feet, but if someone is into my feet, I will gladly oblige. For a certain amount of money. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If the price is right, then you can look at them. But nobody wants to look at my talons. Like a a stick of gum. I'd be like, that's fine. Go have your way with my feet. Like that is the biggest area of shame for me. I would go topless before I would go Well, no one wants to see that. (laughs) Get that 13-year-old boy out of my backyard. Someone has measles. Get her off the beach. (laughs) That little boy has measles. The mosquitoes are biting. (laughs) Mm. I don't get it. But hey. Eat all the erasers you want, if that's what turns you on. Damn it. I mean. Um, would you like my next one? I'm okay. Give it to me. The Evening Sun, Hanover, Pennsylvania, September 8th, 1978. Dear Ann Landers, a while back you printed a letter from a reader who wanted to know if there was any way a person could possibly cheat at bingo. (sighs) It seems that she and her family never won, although they all played several cards at once, while a neighbor and his wife were frequent winners of some very big pots. The question was, is it possible to cheat at bingo? If so, how? You said you didn't know, but you'd ask your readers. Well, what did they say? Waiting to hear in Norwalk, Fairfield, Connecticut. Which are two separate towns, but they somehow merged them into one town. (laughs) Dear Waiting. They said plenty. I was flummoxed by the variety of tricks, both plain and fancy, that can be used to throw a bingo game. I opted not to publish the responses because I don't want to be a party to educating the public along these lines. A reader from Buffalo suggested that anyone in New York State who suspects cheating should contact their state's bingo commission through the district attorney's office, and an investigation will be conducted. So there's the advice, but that's all you're going to get, folks. Do we need an investigation in the bingo commission? Look, there's some shady goings on down at the VW Hall. For some reason, Bernie and Phil keep winning. N23. N23, I was so close. Cheating at bingo? Cheating at bingo. Well, yeah, it seems like it would be easy to call. If you have the hookup with the person who's pulling the balls... You know, and don't we all have a hookup with someone who's pulling the balls? You can tell him to say whatever you want. Sometimes Jim pulls my balls when he's taking me. Tell me about it. That's why I never leave this room anymore. I can't leave you two alone. Mm. Mm. He's like, come. He's like Carmel. He comes when I call. (laughs) Ew, stop it. Carmel? Sometimes he just takes me home at night. Oh, Carmel car service. (laughs) I'm sitting here going, Carvel? Yeah. That was it. Cookie puss? (laughs) Don't talk about my husband's cookie puss. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cheating and bingo. <laughs> it, this is the biggest problem of 1978. I guess it must How much be. money are you winning at a bingo pot that this is going to be the issue? I mean, week? I do like bingo. I never win, but. I never win either. Because I think someone's cheating. It gives me crazy anxiety, too, because I feel like it is a race to the finish line over something you have nothing control over. No the, control and over. And those people that have, like, all their troll dolls and, like, luck. Like, like Lucky luck charms, charm. yeah. yes. Lucky charms. They're 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 rubbing their rabbit's feet, being like, "Come on, G three. Like, I love I love your rabbit's foot. That's not my rabbit's foot. That was my daughter's foot. I Uh-oh. need to move my bingo spot. <laughs> um, I'm done. She can have my. Uh, she, you can have my card. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. I'll be here for the pancake <laughs> dinner next week. Thank you. <laughs> bingo is an anxiety riddling game, much the way Operation. Is a very anxiety-riddling game. Is it really? I grew up playing Operation Terrified. No wonder I was a nervous kid. It zapped you. It was a game that zapped you and physically punished you for not doing it right. Why did you have a pencil inside of your femur? What about the water on the knee? Ugh, the water on the knee. I don't think I actually remember. No, pencil was in your arm and that was writer's cramp. Oh, does that make you feel better that there's Clever. consistency in storyline? Clever. Yeah, very. very. Clever. Never easy to do. No. And why are you taking the heart out? His broken heart. Look at him. Did he Look really? Yeah. And his nose lit up and oh, very. He looked like everybody I was related to. He had a red nose. He was kind of doughy looking. 
So Throw like, a little rosacea in yeah. the mix, and I'm I'm operating on one of my parents. You're related to Jimmy Durante. <laughs> yes. Bingo. B I N G O. When is the last time you played bingo? Mm. There's a commission. There's a commission. There's, there's a group of people that make sure that everything is on the up and up in the bingo world. Sure. It's intense. People can get very ugly. Very ugly. Very ugly. I like to play bingo when there's like shitty games to win. Like no money involved? Yeah. I've never played bingo where money is an issue, like money's on the table. You yeah, never win it, it that. It should be fun. Yeah. It should be like you get a t-shirt. You get a muffin you basket, get, you know. Yeah, you get like a, a pacifier. Yeah, so you can Maybe chew on at your boss's home, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's gay bingo. <laughs> I've never been to drag bingo. I would like to do that. Do you win money though? I don't go to... I don't go to drag bingo. I just assume that you would know something like that. I don't know that. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. We should do a game night. No. Well, <laughs> it's funny that we bring up game night because there is a topic that was posed to us in listener mail. So I feel like it's time. It is time for listener mail, listener mail, listen to my mail. What I did It's done, it's printed, it's at Canopy Lake Park. Wow, this is terrible. And I'm going to be discovered if it's the last thing I do. I doubt it. So we have a couple of listener mails this week. People have questions that need advisements. They have advisements. And they wrote to questions at dearpodofficial.com to get their questions answered. So we are going to do that right now. Yes. I'd like to read the first listener mail, if you don't mind. It is connected to the cheating at bingo story. Okay. Dear Pod, my husband and I have a unique dynamic. Do not misunderstand. We love each other dearly. But from an outsider's perspective, the way we interact might seem somewhat alarming. For example, the other night during a delightful game of sorry with another couple, I drew a card that allowed me to send one of my husband's game pieces back to start. In the scheme of the game... Such a move is an unhappy occurrence for the player sent home, but is also the type of play that makes for a fun and rousing experience for everyone involved. My husband's immediate response to my move was, I will reach my hand down your throat, pull out your esophagus, and beat you with it. As you can see, he's quite the character. (laughs) Is it common for married couples to joke with one another in this way? Sincerely, still breathing in New York. I mean... Does it hit home for you? No, it doesn't. Oh. I'm very even keeled. I'm very happy. <laughs> here's here's Ed's response to still breathing in New York. Is it? Oh, is it Duncan Sheik? What? No, get it? No, no. Still breathing. I am barely breathing. No. That's who sang that song. I've never known that. You're stupid. <laughs> Do I really dumb? Like a- dumb. Amusement park singing girl. Unless I could sing a Duncan Sheik song at the Canopy Lake karaoke booth, I'm not bothered knowing what the songs are all about. That's fine. All right. Dear SBNY. Hmm. Oh, wait. I I didn't turn into my and. Hold on. All right. Sincerely, still breathing in New York. Dear SBNY. Every couple has a unique dynamic and nowhere is that more on display than game night. On any given Friday, somewhere in this world, couples are gathering together with boxed wine and fondue for a rousing evening of Yahtzee or charades or naked twister. While these evenings are a fun excuse to get together, they often bring out the competitive nature of one or both partners. I remember during our monthly Scrabble game with Hal and Marlene Ringel, my Jules was reveling over the fact that he played the word chutzpah on a triple word score. You can imagine his excitement over the idea that he found a way to maximize not only a Z, but a P as well. When it came to life achievements, this was his peak. That's why it broke my heart to tell him, chutzpah begins with a C, not an H. Jules flew into a rage the likes of which I never thought him capable. This man, who claims pancakes are too difficult to eat because they challenge his dental work, flipped the board over, sending Ys and Fs and Cs flying through the air. Qs and Ls and Ms were floating in the fondue. (laughs) 
It took days to get the cheese off those tiles. The string of obscenities that accompanied this tantrum would make anyone grab their pearls. I won't go into detail, but let's just say it involved sharp items, bodily organs, and the Queen of England. My jewels went to a dark place. Hal and Marlene dashed out of the house despite my attempts to apologize, and Jules and I, so worked up from the evening's events, enjoyed a rousing session of our biannual sexual relations. <laughs> All this is to say game night can be a wonderful thing. Some couples argue, some couples cheer each other on, and some couples use it as an opportunity to eat melted cheese off one another's buttocks. Whatever the dynamic, as long as you're okay with each other the next morning, so be it. Game night can bring out the best or worst in your partner. If you lose friendships over your gameplay, maybe they weren't friends to begin with, and Marlene should give me back my good Corel casserole dish and keep her mouth shut about what she saw. So whip out that Jenga set. Dole out that Monopoly money. Get your battleships ready to be sunk and buckle up. You may see a side of your partner you didn't know existed. And... You may just like it. Game on! Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to remove the L and the U from Jules's nether regions. Ah! Well, yeah. That letter was L, L, and U. Oh. Okay. Okay. Your answer? Dear Still Breathing, congratulations on Still Breathing. My father once said you should always be concerned with the couples who go overboard with their public displays of affection as they are usually the ones that are beating their wives behind closed doors. <laughs> My father also used to say, I'll leave this damn house and you'll all be sorry then. Alas, a topic for another day. <laughs> Kudos to you for finding a man with clear intentions and someone who can actually use the word esophagus in a sentence correctly. In my younger days, I had many a date where the man could never even make up his mind about anything, whether it was dinner at Chateau Peru or even seeing the new Rita Hayworth film. If you have ever watched the fabulous show The Honeymooners, Jackie Gleason promises his sharpest attack wife, played by the truly magnetic Audrey, Audrey Meadows, a trip to the moon. Pow! Kaboom! Right in the kisser. No matter how badly... They row. They always end the show with Ralph telling Alice, baby, you're the greatest. And then they kiss. Now, for about 20 minutes prior, he threatens her with physical violence and a very quick and painful trip to the moon. But I digress. This hefty husband, this hefty husband's wife and her deadpan reaction isn't budging. He has found his match. And it seems like you, too, have found your match. If you intentionally keep sending your husband back to start while playing sorry... What would you expect? Do you want a wiry wimp that'll sit there and take it like a sad sack? Or someone with a little fire in his gut like Yul Brenner and the King and I? Etc. Etc. Ten to one, you're a fiery minx yourself, and you don't need Milton Bradley to get what you want. I mean, who wants a wet noodle or a sourpuss across your board game? You'd really be sorry then. So what if your man is a little spirited? Seems like you like it. As long as he takes you home and makes you feel like you're the cat's pajamas, who cares what your friends think? And as long as your esophagus always remains intact, I see nothing to worry about. I always applaud you. I don't know why. I don't know either. Um, muscle memory? I, I don't know. I don't know. That was, that was lovely. That was just lovely. Would you like to read the second? Yes. Listen to me. Oh, I hate that whistle says. Oh, oh, oh. I hate it almost as much as I hate feet. Oh. Holy. Eat that paper. Okay. So when you send me the questions, you send them to me overlapping, so it's a hard time for me oh, to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I can't figure out Seems like out you're always to... sorry. I... You just never do it right. Oh, I don't play the sorry. game sorry, and, and nobody sent me back to one. <laughs> There is no one. You go back to start. Bang, zoom, Alice. Straight to the moon, you dick. That was the original line. Straight to mm. the moon, you dick. Mm. Well, I like the final episode where she sets him on fire while he's sleeping. <laughs> or one of the writers. That did on the, not make it to edit. Yeah, the only female in there is in the uh, writing room is like that'll teach him. And they're like, uh, Rosemary, this is a comedy. We're gonna need a rewrite. Yeah, this isn't starring Viola Davis. Yeah. Crying out her nose. In the 2019 
reboot of The Honeymooners, Honeymooners. with Viola Davis. <laughs> it only lasts two episodes because Ralph is killed by her. <laughs> How to well. get away with murder meets honeymooners. <laughs> now that's a good hybrid. I'd, I'd pay to see that. Dear Pod, my husband and I have recently moved into a new apartment in a high-end, lovely, and residential area in Manhattan. Although we are quite easygoing in our in our lines of work and lifestyles, it's safe to say that our new neighbors, solely based on their preppy attire and polite manner, are seemingly pretty conservative in theirs. They have thus far appeared to keep regular hours of coming and going until the recent holiday weekend. Late that Saturday evening, we were awakened in the wee hours by loud and regular thumping on our shared wall and the sounds of not two, but three adults enjoying, shall we say, some adult activity. In the days since this incident, I've run into those neighbors in the hallway, donning their conservative dress and polite Manner and twice now they have asked me and my husband to join them for a drink at their place as soon as we could. I can only imagine what they are expecting of us if we took them up on their invitation. And I am both flattered and mortified to presume what might happen. We've never even considered swinging in our marriage, and I'm not sure how to even approach it. Perhaps I'm the conservative one here. How to respond to their weighted invite sign? Two to tango, four to swing. Mm. Very suburban issue here. Very suburban. I am very very suburban. I am feeling very happy in my marriage until I see the guy who lives down the street. You blow some neighbor once and they never forget. (laughs) And you're on a list somewhere. An invitation list. So what was was Abby's reply to this? Seems like she's done heavy rewrites. Oh. Dear two to tango. Don't let a little bump in the night shade your perceptions of your new neighbors. So what if Miss Argyle Sweater, Mr. Penny Loafers, like to have a good time? As long as you're not losing sleep over it, who cares? And if you are, well, simply slide a small three-by-five card under their door saying, Seems like you had quite an eventful night. (laughs) Would you mind turning down the Mandrell Sisters next time? We are very early risers. All the best, your shared wall. I also suggest taking them up on their invitation. I mean, why not? It is the neighborly thing to do. Just because they may be swingers doesn't mean you should be expecting a ride on their swing set. I mean, you don't have to take your clothes off to have a good time. Oh, no. Just relax and have some cherry wine. (laughs) They may be just trying to be polite and maybe are intrigued by you, too. It is quite flattering, no? I mean... In any case, I'm sure you can pick up on social cues just as well as they can they can by you. So don't add so much weight to the invitation. They probably don't want to swing so close to home anyhow. There is that saying that you don't dip your pen in the company ink. Well, that is intended for the office romance. I think it can apply here. I had a friend who always made eyes at her new doorman at her building. One day, I actually saw her do that. And I said, Sally Meatherweather, did you actually just make eyes with that man? He is your doorman. He works here. You certainly cannot be eating from your own cart. She turned to me with her incredibly lined green eyes and said, I've been eating from that cart quite a lot lately. Well, I nearly chipped my new manicure on my Chanel clutch as, as I lost my balance. Their romance was brief. Once he started collecting women's garments from the laundry room, I mean... It was tough to make eyes with someone who uses ladies' undergarments as a handkerchief. Lesson learned. Fallouts can be very difficult to manage. So I suggest that you grab the martini and Ross Yasti Spumante from the icebox and march next door and be neighborly. It doesn't have to end with Bob and Alice and Ted and Carol. (laughs) Now I'm going to have, you don't have to take your clothes off to have have a good time. Oh, no. Now, there's a song for a fifth grade chorus. <laughs> Just a bunch of fifth graders. You don't have to take your clothes off. That's the alto line. Yeah. But, oh. I, but I also think that maybe a, a kid should... This. Wait for the shake. I didn't know, um, I didn't know Jim wore bangles while he was masturbating. Well, he didn't have to take his clothes off to have a good time. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's just going to relax. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if the fifth grader who has to do a book report on one of the top 100 hits of 19 whatever. (laughs) 
And then he has to explain how that person who sang that song died, who died of. And then the fifth grade chorus sings, who's zooming who? Take another look. And- <laughs> oh. Like a Virgin is 1985's hop song by pop megastar. And Madonna Ciccone. The third grade chorus performing La Isla Bonita. <laughs> a medley of Like a Prayer, Fuck Me Like an Animal. Remember and that other song? hits from Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> All right. Who's like, you know, that's that's a great song. Tell me, tell me the song again. I want to fuck you like an animal and I want to feel you from the inside out. Great. Welcome to huh. Sony. Here's your contract. Yeah. Or, or just that... Tell Grandma what you do. Uh, I'm in a band. What's it called? Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch what? What's What's your biggest hit? I want to fuck you like an animal. Excuse me? Maybe we should just call it animal. Grandma, this might be a problem. Yeah. Grandma dies right there at Thanksgiving table. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do I get her makeup? <laughs> oh, Sorry. I have to reply. Oh. We need an an, an an reply to this swinger situation. All yeah. right. Dear Swing-a-ding-ding, your situation reminds me of a classic film starring a young Elijah Wood and swarthy Kevin Klein. It was called Ice Storm. If you are unfamiliar, a group of white Anglo-Saxon professionals in a suburban town gather together on a stormy night to put their keys in the bowl in the hopes that they will leave with someone other than their spouse. I highly recommend you visit your local blockbuster and take out a VHS copy to enjoy this evening. You may pick up a thing or two from a sultry, sexually awakened Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) Swinging, or the more colloquially used term wife swapping, has been going on for centuries, dating all the way back to the Stone Age. I guess the term husband swapping didn't appeal to the masses. The visual of someone else's husband sitting on your couch farting doesn't leave you with a good taste in your mouth. (laughs) But this act of trading partners for a night of sexy, sexy time with no strings attached is as old as my uterus. And you will often find the most conservative of people to be the kinkiest behind closed doors of their townhome. However, an invitation for drinks isn't necessarily a proposition. I know Jules and I were invited to a gathering at the home of a couple who were notorious swingers and nudists. The evening started as most cocktails pod- cocktail parties do, with pigs in a blanket and benign chit-chat. Jules turned to me and said, well, someone's got to get the ball rolling, and left the room. I didn't know he meant literally, as he returned moments later naked as a jaybird and yelled, <laughs> batter up! The Tom Jones record screeched to a halt. Someone's Irish coffee crashed to the floor and June Allison fainted. (laughs) Turns out this was just a party to celebrate the husband's recent promotion at work. We left embarrassed, humiliated, and in Jules's case, quite chilly as he left his pants behind in a mad dash for the door. The lesson here? Learn to read the room. Your neighbors may only be asking you over for a casual get-to-know-your-drink. If they want to know more of you is anybody's guess, and you will have to intuit that yourself. But before you go into their home, decide whether or not this is something you and your spouse would be up for, should the opportunity present itself. If you don't want to do it, a simple, well, this was fun, but I have to get up early to spread the word of Jehovah, should kill the mood real quick. If you're feeling adventurous, lean in, toss back a Merlot and leave your inhibitions behind. Just don't leave your pants behind. Take it from my jewels. You may never see them again. <laughs> Anne. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so they have some similar ideas, kind of, yeah. sort of, this week, kind of. Yeah. Um, now, do you do you have another surprise, or was confidential to my surprise? Uh, the surprise is in my pants. Like oh, the leave them behind. Oh. Is, is the surprise that we're going to swap today, no, and you're going to get Jim? The surprise... <laughs> Because I, I should really give you a list of thing of likes and dislikes and uh, allergies. I've already had Jim. <laughs> Who hasn't? Well. Not G-Y-M. J-I-M. Oh, that shaking you hear behind me that you've been hearing for about a half hour now is a very complicated <laughs> specialty cocktail. Specialty cocktail. Put it in your mouth and suck it on down. You put it in your mouth and swish it all around. My drink is never gone. It as makes we sex with Dad okay. 
drinks. I did Help what I had to do. I needed a big wheel. Don't forget. <laughs> Can't forget. So oh, this week's really cocktail sorry. for the grab bag episode is called, get ready for it, the Pineapple Ranch. Oh, fuck. Yeah! Fucking love that fucking Who doesn't? Oh, drill all on the side of that pineapple. So once you want to make the Pineapple Ranch, you take fuck. two lime wedgies, two Shit. pieces of pineapple, oh, four fuck. pieces of mint, oh, and you muddle them together. Oh, That's yeah. what I want you to do. Mm. And then you'll take two ounces oh, of light rum. Fuck. Yep. Two yes. ounces of pineapple juice. Yep. Add some crushed ice and shake, shake it all. Oh, oh yeah. Then pour it all in a tiki glass oh, or a rocks God. glass. Oh, you want to top it with more crushed ice. Oh, and, top that. Oh, you top, top it, that? top oh, it. Oh, you want to top that? And then oh, on top of that, I want fuck, you to put bro. two ounces oh, of yeah, seltzer. Bro. Oh, bro, seltzer. Oh, yeah, put seltzer all Stick over a straw in it. You want to shake up that Pineapple Ranch. So here it is, kids. A refreshing beverage on a summer's day. On a late summer's day. Can you believe we're at the end of this month? No. Aw. Don't be sad. You have a nice tan and look, you have a cocktail. And it has a an umbrella in it. Did you take a picture of this? Because the people, um, follow us on social media. I want you to smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Follow us on social media at Dear Pot Official so you can see a picture of the lovely Pineapple Ranch cocktail and you can get the recipe underneath in our Instagram and our Twitter. Twit. Twitter. And some notes on today's uh, today's grab bag event. But really, it's all about the cocktail, isn't it? So lift that bitch high to the sky. Can't forget what I did for booze. What I did for that is so fantastic. Now I know I blow smoke up my Jules's ass Ooh. quite often, but oh, this may be it? the most yeah, delicious oh, beverage. That's some hot smoke up that he ass. has ever made. He poured some seltzer on your back. That is lovely. So if you want to know what Jim's Ranch tastes like. I always like Jim's Ranch. Oh, yeah. It's a cool ranch. Oh, and I like it. I like it because it's hot. It's a hot ranch. Follow us online. Oh. And you too can get this recipe. Oh, shit. Oh, God, yeah. Two of you make me laugh. I try to give you hand signals. You we address it anyway. Guess what? Guess what? You gotta edit it anyway, you fuck. So what difference does it make? We're just it's a conversation and we're talking to each other. Listen, Get another pineapple Hawaiian shirt, you douche. Listen, tired on Monday. Wash out your vagina. <laughs> I really like that article. Thank you, thank you, thank God for you, the wind beneath my wings.